The Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana. Celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times. Your host, Gary Coligas. Good morning and Happy New Year, radio listeners. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today. Also, thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also, thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pup application or the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we'll learn about some trivia that most of us probably don't know about. And we're also going to learn about the importance of collecting family stories before it is too late. So stay tuned to the show for some very interesting information. It is Saturday, January the 4th, 2020, and we are broadcasting our show live from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel at Town Square Media Station here in wonderful, sunny, but chilly Shreveport, Louisiana. Again, best wishes to everyone for a wonderful start to this new year of 2020 or 2020. Uh, good morning, Ruben. Good morning. And Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Do you have a wonderful Christmas holiday and, and New Year's celebrations? I absolutely did. Full of family and friends, and it, everything went really well. Really well. It wasn't too. It wasn't too chilly here, like it was in no. some places in the United States. I that believe, were, I believe it was seventy degrees on yeah, Christmas yeah, Day. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> we liked that. We liked that. It was, and you know, uh, even though the rain came a little bit later, we did. We had a wonderful Independence Bowl day uh, the oh, day yeah. after Christmas. Absolutely. The weather was perfect for that. We congratulate them for a great tournament and all the people that, that came out to, to see the, the the Miami team as well as the Louisiana Tech team and congratulations to Louisiana Tech for winning that particular Indy Bow Indy Bow game. Uh, we had a lot of happenings. The Galigas family had a record um, event. We had all of my kids and their spouses and our grandkids, our six grandkids here staying with us. Oh, Ruben. wow. So we had a full house. And we had <laughs> yeah, them, that we, is a full house. We had them there for a week with fun, uh, a lot of food, a lot of toys everywhere. Of course, we had everything under the tree until, you know, Christmas morning where it was like, whoa, opening all those presents and boxes. And it, I filled up three trash cans for the boxes, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> trash cans were overflowed with boxes. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm telling wow. you, those, those people at Amazon or wherever, <laughs> uh, do pack a lot of packing materials and boxes to send it all. They, they do tough work. But uh, but one of our most remarkable uh, presents from Santa to my little almost two year. He's not even two years old yet. Liam, uh, good, and he's uh, my daughter. Uh, grand, our grandson with my daughter and my son in law Lance Gooden uh, received a uh, from Santa. A, a a drum set. Yes, and we're, and we're not talking a electronic drum set. We're talking a genuine official Dunhill. I think it's called Dunhill drum set that the professionals use. But this oh, was gosh. A, this was a, 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 a smaller scale. But he loved this drum set, and he got in. He got into it and played it on and on and on and knew how to do the cymbals and the bass drum and the pedal and and uh, I just don't, I don't know where he picked up all this but he he just picked it up and probably saw it on television and and he just uh, some kids are just naturals and stuff he, like that he, uh, he's going to be a musician I have a feeling he loves music he loves playing the piano ribbon and uh, it was fantastic to see him play the drums and, and he calls me Papu and he he took me over there and he showed me the drum set and I'm not a big drummer and but it sounds this drum as I told you 
Ranger has even a tuning uh, key that wow. you can, that you can tune so it. So it's a it's a real professional. It's a real professional. Set, yeah. So he wanted him, he knew for some reason it didn't sound as powerful. So I I tuned some of it and we, we made it pretty pretty much in sync. I'm not an expert <laughs> in tuning drums, but I could figure it out like tuning the piano. Wow. And, and we all we adjusted all of it to make it sound different. I mean, it really really sounded professional. But all the grand granddaughters got walkie talkies, got uh, magic wands, got you name it. Uh, we had an assembly required and batteries required. Lots of batteries. Lots of batteries this year. I yeah. things have so many batteries. It's totally amazing. You spend $100 on batteries alone. Oh, God, more than that, I think. More than that. But I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas and, and Hanukkah and uh, as well as uh, a wonderful start to the new year as well. Be sure to pick up our January 2020 issue, The Best of Times, at one of our two 522 distribution locations. This issue features burglars, robbers, and thievers. Oh, my. It gives you a, uh, a great analysis and great information about how to prevent burglary and what to do if it happens when you're home. Uh, hopefully, this will benefit many of our readers out there and throughout the Arklatex, as well as other readers that might read it online. It is online on our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. As likewise, if you're unable to find a copy, last month our issue was a very popular issue and we had many people calling us and saying we could not find a December issue. Well, you can find it online at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. Both current and past issues of our magazine, you can view the current 2019 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory as well as to listen to previously broadcast radio shows. Want to make an announcement that our 2020 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory, we're working on it right now, and it will be released on March the 2nd. 2020. And uh, so, again, look forward to having that particular, our most popular publication here at the best of times is our Silver Pages. So look forward to having that uh, being released quite soon. Our friends at Nexus Holidays present a remarkable 12-day Russian Volga River Cruise beginning on June the 25th to July the 7th. Many guided excursions at seven stops are included for you to see and experience Russian culture, art, and religion. This cruise includes round-trip economy airfare from Shreveport, Louisiana to Moscow and includes all port taxes, transfers, luggage handling, as well as all meals aboard this cruise ship for 12 days. The discounted cost for this June 25th tour from Shreveport is only $33.99, $3,399 per person based upon double occupancy. For more information and reservations, do call 240-328-8483. Again, that's 240 240- Three two eight eighty four eighty three before February the twenty fifth two thousand twenty four. This highly discounted rate. Be sure to pick up the January issue, the best of times, to learn more information about this particular tour. In celebration of the beginning of the year of 2020, we are going to offer two lucky persons a $50 gift certificate to Monjuni's Italian Cafe and Grocery located at 1315 Louisiana Avenue in Shreveport. Call into today's show and give Ruben your name and email address, and we will randomly select two winners which will receive these these $50 gift certificate to Monjuni's. Uh, do, do call. The number is 320-5335. Again, that's 320-5335. 
We'll be right back with more information. But now, with more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible, you're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Caligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Happy New Year to each one of you. Remember to call in to our number, 320-5335, to register to win one of our two $50 gift certificates to the fabulous Monjuni's Cafe restaurant in Shreveport. As I've done for the past 18 years on this radio show, on Q, I've hosted a show that's devoted to trivia, stories, and facts. I did this before many, even trivia television shows and radio shows and apps about like HQ were, were developed. God, I should have thought about that and patented it many years ago. It's been one of my popular radio shows um, downloaded very frequently from my particular uh, website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. But over the over the time, many years of doing this show, uh, either late December or January, I've received many compliments from our listeners out there. Thank you for that. And also many suggestions for trivia questions and stories. And I heard from many that had used those trivia questions and stories at uh, various Christmas gatherings. Uh, New Year's parties and etc. Through, through not just in the Christmas time, but throughout the year. But I want to mention one particular interesting story is uh, 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 regarding the trivia. One person touched me many few years ago. It was in early 2013. I had a family call me and say that their loved one wanted me to go visit their dad, who was in a patient at Life Care Hospital here in Shreveport. And so I did take time. I went to visit him, and he was a close friend of our family, and, and I knew him quite well. Highly respected for many years as a businessman, active member of our St. George Greek Orthodox Church, a family man, and, and also a person with a good heart and willing to help others, many others throughout the area. This person was Mr. John Gus Cossey in of Shreveport. He was a co-owner of Farmers Seafood Company, and um, we had a great visit. He he, but he surprised me when he told me that he took time almost every Saturday morning for many many years to listen to my Best of Times Radio Hour show on Saturday, as they were always there on Saturday. And uh, he then commented about various past shows and my topics and guests, etc., which was fascinating to me. I was so humble that he remembered a lot of these particular shows. But he then he added a comment saying, Gary, I really love the radio shows that you deal with trivia and, and interesting information that because I would try to write most of these things down to tease others and, and to question others and family members and friends when they would come visit me as well as at, at parties and etc. But he said, I, I just couldn't write fast enough sometimes, but you were just spitting off all that information quite fast to all of us who are listening to the show. So, so he said. He, he after we left, he uh, he said, oh, "I hope that you'll do more of those particular shows in the future. I hope to listen to you for many, many years." Well, I left him uh, with a big hug, a smile, and a thank you. And and uh, when I left, I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up. So I did return to his hospital room the very next day, and with me in my hand, I carried copies 
of many of my radio show scripts, which only dealt with the trivia shows that I I did for for several years, and I printed them all out for him. So I gave him. I came back and I asked him to ask the nurse if I can come and see him. He says, "Of course." And um, so I held them out and and gave them to him. And he was like, "Wow, these are all printed out." trivia questions and the answers i said yes just for you he started reading them aloud to the nurses and some of the family members are in the room and his smile and laughter was so wonderful uh and but uh, one of the family members whispered in my ear and says he was not progressing well so my friend and lawyer radio listener just died uh, uh about a less than a month later on july the 21st 2013 everlasting be his memory so in honor of uh, John Cossey, here are some trivia items that you might not be aware of. So, Ruben, you're going to tag in today? You want to try to answer some of these? I'll I can tag, tag in between, bet, answer, between answer and phone Oh, calls, that's, that's right. I forgot in. about that. <laughs> you're doing dual duties here. That's right. So who was the first president to live in the White House? To live in the White House. Right. I have no, I have no idea. Well, many, most people think that George Washington. No, there was no White House when George Washington. Very true. So it was a little bit later. Right. John Adams was the John first. Adams. John okay. Adams. So here we're on radio, and a lot of people said, "God, that radio stations and radio concept must have been a long, long time ago." So what was invented first, the radio stations or telephone? I think radio. Nope. No, no, it was telephone. Telephone was first. Uh, speaking of, I'm getting a call right now. <laughs> uh, that was March the 10th, 1876, where of course the saying, "Mr. Watson, come here, I need you." The 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 president's faces that are carved on the site of Mount Rushmore. Most people miss this particular question. Uh, the answer is George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt. That's most people forget about Teddy Roosevelt, who was a remarkable president. Uh, I got to visit his site up in in um, in uh, Buffalo, New York. It was a pretty remarkable uh, museum up there. How much of your body weight is water? Uh, and actually, is two thirds of your body weight is water. So you get rid of a lot of unnecessary water in your body. You're going to lose a lot of weight. Uh, how many? Uh, the human skeleton contains how many mo- bones? Bones. Uh, that's 206. Uh, a lot of us know about Mickey Mouse, and we go down to, to visit uh, Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, the, the cartoon character's first original name was not Mickey Mouse, and it was Mortimer. M-O-R-T-I-M-E-R. Many people probably have not seen these either in historic collector's items. Um which type of phonograph records were discontinued to be made in 1958, the vinyl records? But there was a type that was discontinued. Uh, and I don't think there's – there there's some left, but I don't think there's any many um, phonographs that can play these. You know what that, what that is, Ruben? I do not. There was, they're called 78 RPMs. 78. Okay. 78. I don't think there are many uh, – uh, uh, turntables that can play 78 records anyway I still have some my my parents had those uh, back then in uh, in the old, in the many old days which popular magazine was first to feature a nude male in a centerfold and what was the male's name do you know that 
so they were getting calls in, so Ruben cannot handle, handle me. The, the actual magazine was Cosmopolitan Magazine. It was in 1972, and it featured Burt Reynolds in the, in the nude. Yes, he was uh, a very popular issue. If you have that particular issue, it's worth a lot of money. Uh, I don't know how much, but I'm sure it's worth a lot. Uh, Air Force One, we always hear about it. Uh, uh, it's a special plane used but to carry the President of the United States on his travels. But what was the name of the original United States presidential plane in, of course, 1944? The answer is Sacred Cow, which was a C-54 airplane. Of the seven wonders of the ancient world, we always learned about it in history class. Uh, there is only one in existence today. It, sadly, all the others are not in existence. And the, the, the answer of that is, of course, and which I'd love to see one day, is the Great Pyramid of Giza. It's still in existence. The other six were the Hanging Guards of Babylon, the Mausoleum at Harkonnesus, uh, the Lighthouse of Alexandria, the Colossus of Rhodes, the Temple of Artemis in Ephesus, and the Statue of Zeus at Olympia. Uh, for our oil production guys, they always talk about oil production in barrels. But and but many of us like to think about it in gallons. So how many gallons are in a barrel of oil? And the answer is 31.5 gallons. You, you would never think about who who came up with that particular figure as well. In horse racing... Uh, the racing distance is sometimes measured in furlongs, and you hear about this, and, um, I'm, I'm, and but a lot of us like to think about it in feet. So, how many feet is in a furlong? Do you know that, Ruben? How many? How many feet is in, in a, a furlong, furlong. In, in racing? Nah, I got nothing. Uh, Six hundred and sixty feet. Six hundred and sixty. Six hundred and sixty. So, which teams played in the first Super Bowl? In 1967, that's a long time ago. 1967. That was not, Super not Bowl One. It was held on January the 15th at Los Angeles Memorial Stadium between the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Green Bay won with a score of 35 to 10. It was not a sellout game. Only 33,000. There were 33,000 unsold tickets, even though the tickets were only 12 dollars. Wow. And it was both televised by CBS and NBC. And a 30-second commercial at the first Super Bowl only cost $42,000. Now it costs <laughs> like $4.2 million, right? <laughs> but uh, $12 was a ticket in 1967. They couldn't get any pe people to attend that particular event. But uh, it's been amazing. Each of the 50 states have nicknames. So uh, Delaware is the first state. So what are the nicknames of our states? Arkansas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas. Arkansas is known as the... Nat natural. Natural, okay. Natural. Yeah, I thought it was natural. Louisiana, as we see it on our flag. Sportsman's Paradise. Well, no. Uh, the no, Pelican State. Like the, the Pelican State. On, the Pelican's on the flag. And Texas is known as the? The Lone Star. Very good. Lone Star State. So, the explorer Christopher Columbus made how many voyages to the New World? Do you know that? No. A lot of people know don't one. know this one. It's actually four. But he never actually reached the mainland of North America. Huh. He, he discovered Bahamas, Hispaniola, uh, Guadalupe, Jamaica, Puerto Rico, and many other islands, but never made it to the mainland. Never made it to the mainland. Wow. 
75% of the world's national flags have this color in the flag. Do you know what that is? Red. Very good. Uh, Excellent. Red. Uh, white is second with 70% in their flag. This is an interesting one. The chemical symbol for the element potassium. Do you know what that is? Yeah. It's, uh, high, they, there's a lot of it in bananas. Yeah, but what what's the symbol? <laughs> oh, the symbol? No, yeah. I don't know what the symbol is. The symbol is actually K because it was discovered in 1807. And it would logically think you would think potassium would have a symbol of P. You know, right. As, but, but P was already taken in 1669 <laughs> for phosphorus. So they had to go with another letter. So they, for K. They, they, they figured for K. According to experts, how many living languages are used as a primary language in conversation in today's world? It's a hard one, but yeah, it's I, amazing. I don't know. There are 6,909 specific living languages used today as primary as primary language. That's a lot of languages. Wow. And four hundred and fifty of these languages are endangered with a very few number of people speaking these and probably will be not available in the coming few coming years. Isn't that isn't that totally amazing? That is amazing. The other one is the most famous lullaby that, that we use to sing by parents and grandparents or their baby childs is is Lullaby and Goodnight, written by Johannes Brahms, who amazingly was never married and never had any children to sing the song to. Huh. <laughs> never, never. Okay, a uh, couple of quick ones here. The company Procter & Gamble's first major product was? Procter & Gamble. Um uh... Was it, it was something simple. Was it like aspirin or something? Soap. Soap. Uh, Ivory soap invented in 1879 was the big hit. And uh, um, you might remember this one. Eh, probably not. The most, what famous drawing toy, a drawing toy, was introduced in 1960. I was 10 years old. And everybody wanted one of these. They were very expensive back then. What, do you know what it was? A drawing toy? Drawing. Like a, like a crayon? Like a drawing card. It wasn't a crayon. But it wasn't crayon? No. It was, a, was it the gyroscope? No, close. Oh, okay. Getting close. It was the Etch-A-Sketch. The Etch-A-Sketch. Uh, developed uh, in 1960. It was the most popular toy of the year. I mean, everybody wanted one of them. Very hard to come by. I don't remember if I even had one. According to uh, the United States Treasury, paper money has... Uh, lifespans. What is the shortest lifespan of a United States bill? Do you know? Mm, 20 years. Are you kidding? 16 months. 16 five, months. <laughs> the $5 bill has a lifespan of 16 months. $10 bill is only 18 months. $1 bill is 21 months. Uh, this is sad. Uh, according to scientists, the moon is moving farther away from the Earth. Hmm. Did you know that? For no, many, many years. That. At what distance each year is the moon moving away from the Earth? Oh, uh, no, I'll never guess that one. Uh, this is a tough one. It's only, uh, who calculated this one, Ruben? I'm amazed. They went out <laughs> in space and figured out how far it moved. How can you determine it only moves 1.5 inches per year? <laughs> 1.5 inches, not meters, not inches per year. Gosh. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're with my sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. 
Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by Ebers, Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Happy New Year to each one of you. Remember to call into our number, 320-5335, to register to win one of our two $50 gift certificates to Monjuni's Cafe Restaurant in Shreveport. Hope you enjoy the trivia questions and learned a little bit from them about them to use with your family and friends. Beginning of each year, each one of us consider implementing New Year's resolutions. We list or say what we're going to do up in the coming year, lose weight, eat healthier, quit smoking, drink less alcoholic beverages, travel more, etc., etc. However, this year I want to challenge you, each one of you, to consider adding one more resolution in 2020. This involves you and your family member asking your parents, grandparents, and other relatives to relate to you family stories. We need to do this now before it's too late because those telling us the stories may not be capable of doing so in the near future. And they might develop either a dementia issue or even pass away before conveying some remarkable story that might be lost forever. Over the past five years, we here at the Best of Times have been advocating this and have, have tried to get people that we meet, that I meet at uh, various presentations and groups and on this radio show to write down and record family stories to share with others. Remember that just getting some of the family story is far better than none at all. So here's a little interesting story about my family. When I was 22 years old, well, that's quite a few years ago. I'm now 70. My father came up to me and suggested I get a notebook. And we start writing down family stories of the past before he and mom forgot about them. This was a wow moment for me. And I was not a great interviewer. And I did write down over 44 pages of family stories of the Caligas family. However, I stored this little notebook of family stories for almost 44 years. Yes, 44 years until at the age of 66, I had a dream uh, with my dad instructing me to find that little notebook and share the stories with the family before it was too late for me to do so. I had not looked at this particular notebook for over 44 years. I did keep it in my family cabinet under a folder for family history and moved it from home to home as we moved throughout the, the area. So now when I got this, I started typing the stories, but it was difficult. Wow. In cursive writing, which I, don't, I did terrible back then and it's hard to understand now, but it was... It was amazing that I did not have a lot of the rest of the story. I had to get that information from existing family members. Uh, my parents had both passed away, and I had to research it via Google and sites and pictures, etc. It was it was massive detective uh, work because you might have one part of the story, but you didn't get all the details. So. A lot of it was had to be adding information because my father and mother probably thought it was not a critical and not important information, but it truly was. Here is an, uh, one of the stories that you might find quite interesting. My father's legal name was Lazarus, but known as Lewis, uh, arrived on a Greek merchant ship in New York, in uh, New York Harbor. On February 1st, 1940, his captain told his crew to take 14 days leave to visit America while their ship was being updated and loaded. Now, this is 1940. But there was a strike of longshoremen that would cause more delays in unloading and loading of their ship. So he decided to send a wire telegram to his sister, whom he knew lived in Tyler, Texas, somewhere in the middle of USA. 
He got help from his captain uh, to make a cablegram and got a response uh, for him from Tyler that gave him their, his sister's address and told him how to get on the trains to get to Texas. He packed a bag along with his a special gold Greek Orthodox icon. Uh, I could talk about that for a long time. And his captain paid him wages in U.S. dollars, so he'd have U.S. dollars to spend while he was in America. Uh, he spoke very little English, but he was very fluent and spoke, understood, read, and even wrote in Russian, Romanian, Italian, Greek, and even German. And uh, he was hoping to find somebody at the train terminal that could speak one of those languages to assist him. But that was a wrong assumption, says very few people riding on the train and before the train could speak and understand any language other than English. He recalled the people were extremely friendly, he told me, and, but was cautious about him. He boarded the train and thought this final destination would be Tyler, Texas. However, the train ended up stopping in Dallas, Texas, and the ticketmaster told him that he must uh, leave the train as this was the end of the journey. He got out of this particular thinking he was in Tyler. He tracked down a taxi cab at the station, hails him down and gives him the address that was written down for him in English to give to the cabbie. He gave it to the cabbie. Uh, he, the cabbie figured he could not speak and understand English, but he took him to the address listed in a neighborhood, but this was in Dallas, Texas. The, the cabbie luckily decided to stay with my father, and uh, when my father went up the sidewalk and rang the doorbell, the person that came out was not his sister, Rubina. The lady addressed the door, and he spoke to her in Greek and asked her if he knew anything about his sister, and she said, did not understand, and uh, he left really sad, and and the the cab driver was telling me that was could understand that something is not was not going well, so he decided uh, to get back in the cab, and the cab didn't know where to take him uh, because didn't understand what languages he was speaking. So he he took him back to the train station. Well, then here's the here's the follow up story. When Dad arrived back, he was extremely sad at the train station. He didn't know what to do, but he was quite hungry. And quite thirsty, so he decided to to go to wander around downtown. And he saw a small restaurant and decided to go in this restaurant. It was called Marathon Barbecue, located in downtown Dallas. He went to the cafe, and but he remembered that he saw a Greek flag and also some Greek Orthodox Christian icons hanging on the walls. We thanked the Lord of finding a place where they might understand him and and find him. And, and help him to find his sister, Rubina, in Tyler, Texas. He met the owner of the cafe who was named Charles Asamaikas, who explained to him in Greek what type of food and drink that they offered. So Dad got his first meal in America, which was not your typical Greek or European meal, but was Texas-style barbecue sandwich. He never had one before, and he told me he really enjoyed the taste and flavor. And... Uh, and he also had his, his first soft drink, which was, uh, I think it was Coca-Cola, he told me. Uh, so Mr. Osamikas sat with him at the table and asked why he was in Dallas. And he mentioned his travels in, from New York via train and wanting to go to visit his sister in Tyler, Texas. He took the, he, he said it was not 
the right family that he visited wherever it was. He thought he was in Tyler, and Mr. Isomaki said that, no, you're in Dallas, the big city. Tyler's a small city. So he said, don't worry. After you eat your meal, I will get my daughter to help you go to the bus station to get the next bus to Tyler, Texas. So Dad recalls he gave a, a lot of his money to Mr. Isomaki to pay for his lunch. He refused the money and said it was improper to, to, for compatriots from Greece to arrive in America without showing them some great American Texas hospitality. My dad said he thanked him and hoped that he would see him again in the near future and to repay him for his kindness. So upon leaving the restaurant, Mr. Isomaki invited his daughter Pyra, P-Y-R-A, to come visit him, uh, visit with Lewis, and ask him to walk him to the bus station down the street to get a bus ticket. They greeted each other, and Dad was amazed by her beauty, he said, and that she spoke fluent Greek, but with a different style, Dad remembered, a.k.a. it was a Texas Greek accent. They went to the bus station only a couple of blocks away, and he purchased his ticket, and uh, so they would, uh, the bus would leave in about two hours, and both they both sat in the waiting area for a few minutes, chatting about family history in Greece and Romania and, and in America, and his travels on the merchant strip across the seven seas. He got up to leave to board the bus to Tyler when he, he thanked Pyra and for her wonderful hospitality and helping him on his journey to Tyler, Texas. He said it was his first visit to Texas and Dallas was a very nice, especially being able to help help uh, from her and her father. He told him he will always remember her and her smile. So Lewis made it to Tyler to stay with his Rabina and her husband, Nick Harris. Um, they, the Harris's owned a very successful seafood distribution company and got Lewis and, and got Lewis, my father, to stay in America and became a United States citizen. He did so. He wanted to return, but he really wanted to return to his merchant ship and crew at New York. But about two months after he arrived in Tyler, after two months further, when he was in Tyler, Lewis, along with his brother-in-law, Nick Harris, visited the family of Charles Osamicus in Dallas, who, who Mr. Osamicus knew, and supposedly again met Pyra again. He asked, my father asked uh, her father, Pyra's father, if he could go on a date to get acquainted with her again. His father said, of course, yes. So after a short courtship of several months, Lewis and Pyra Caligas were married on May the 20th, 1940, in Fort Worth, Texas. What a story. So he never knew this lady, met her by coincidence, accident. So what I'm asking you, everybody, was this good fortune, good luck, or was it a guarding angel which led my father, Lewis, to the United States of America to meet my mother, Pyra, and then having a child many years later, 10 years, by the way, 1950, their child born, Gary. Hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A-Bears, Tenant Country, S. Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep Dealer. I'm Gary Coligas, and I thank you for listening to our show today. Happy New Year again to each and one of uh, each of you. Uh, remember to call into our number, 320-5335, to register when. Uh, one of our two $50 gift certificates to Monjunis. Again, 320 
Continuing, I want you again to continue to promote uh, as a New Year's resolution, obtaining those family stories before it's too late. Because doing it as soon as possible, it's, you're going to be fascinated uh, about some of the stories that you're going to re- hear and write down about your from your loved ones. Uh, I've been amazed when I, I uh, go out and give presentations at various groups, and I advocate this. And some people come up to me and tell me some remarkable stories. And the first question I ask them, have you told this to your family members? And some of them tell me no. And I ask them why. Well, they're probably not interested. Well, at least give them the opportunity. You give it to give them the story. Let them determine if it's it's important or not. I mean, many years ago, as I said, when I got my uh, stories from my father, 44 years ago. I wasn't really interested in them, but after reading them now, I said, wow, there's some wow moments in there. Some awesome uh, situations. So, again, try to make that as a New Year's resolution to spread the word out, to gather those family stories. You never know what you might hear about something. You're going to hear about some stories about uh, how they got involved, how they came to America, how they uh, how they uh, progressed ac- across the United States and what different occupations they did, who, what were they involved in. It's totally amazing some of these stories that I, I hear from people. Everybody has a story to tell. Here's another one of my uh, Caliga stories. and Some of these stories were taken down from my notes from my mother, mother and father back again 44 years ago, but some of the details I had to research again via Google, Ancestry sites, visiting people and various documents. Um, so my father came to, as I mentioned, to the USA on February 1st, 1940. Married my mother, uh, Pyra, on May 20th, 1940. They ran two very successful restaurants in Tyler, Texas that began in 1940. He learned to read and write and understand English with, with of course, a very European accent. He was taught by my wife English and mainly by his customers and hired staff at the restaurants. He loved to talk with customers about his years in the Merchant Marines as well as his service as a in the Romanian Army as well as in the Greek Army. And he discussed his Merchant Marines uh, journeys because he was telling these people for five years they were picking up scrap metal to deliver to Japan and Germany. And he mentioned he saw with his own eyes how they were preparing for war on all nations. And he actually saw it happen in China when, when Japan inter, uh, invaded uh, in mainland China, as well as he saw it when the Nazis invaded Poland in September uh, of 1939. He commented that he was quite worried either that both would invade the USA and wanted our country to be prepared to defend itself. So then what happened? December 7, 1941, the day that will live in infamy. Japan attacks USA at Pearl Harbor. Dad told me that he was so terrified and he knew that they would be coming from the West and the Nazis would be coming from the East to invade this wonderful country of the United States of America. So Dad conveyed to me in in his notes that that I never knew about this. Uh, that he served in the army in World War II to defend his beloved country. He was ashamed to tell me this when he when he wrote this note. When I wrote the note, I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, you'll you'll see about it later." But uh, I mean, I served, but I didn't serve in the capacity that I wanted to serve. Uh, he said, "I wanted to wait to, until you were older to better understand it." Uh, I didn't know that he was in the army, and never he never had any weapons or spoke about this. He never allowed me to even own a BB gun or or, have, or go with my friends to learn to hunt or to go on hunting trips. 
So Dad mentioned that after Pearl Harbor, he decided in early 1942 to enlist in the Army. Another reason why he wanted to enlist in the Army as a follow-up, because remember, he left New York to go to Tyler, Texas to become a United States citizen and left his crew members in his merchant ship. The merchant ship ended up leaving New York Harbor and going to uh, Europe, and it was sunk by a Nazi submarine, and all his crew members passed away. He learned about this uh, about a year later, uh, in early 1941. Uh, from various contacts that he made to uh, the the shipping company that was located, um, and he was distraught that again he was thinking he was the only survivor on this particular merchant ship, and he had a little vindictiveness in dealing with the people that ship that sunk his ship, which were not delivering uh, any any items to uh, England, but it was actually delivering items uh, on this ship uh, that left New York. To, uh, to Germany because the United States was not part of the war yet but they were delivering products and items directly to Hamburg, Germany but the German U-boat sank this ship thinking it was different. So dad uh, decided to enlist in the army. My mother was erratic and he, as she mentioned in her comment she did not want him to go and it, because um, during that time, they were not drafting. They were just asking enlistment. And there were ton, many, many men that were being uh, were volunteering, enlisting, and joining the, the Army and all the various armed forces. Uh, but Dad did want to serve. He was a new citizen. He wanted to protect his country and his family from foreign aggression. So he went. To the t- so here's the story. He went to the enlistment station and waited in the long lines. He filled out the paperwork and upon coming into the station and discussing with the recruitment officer in his in his uh, broken English, uh, he filled out the papers in English, but he was denied and rejected. And the reason why he was denied because his age was 32 years old. And then he told them he had already served in the Romanian army and also the Greek army. And he was like distraught. He could not believe that they would not accept a 32-year-old male that was willing to serve his wonderful country. So he left Salem. He returned to his wife, who was, my mother said that she was elated and that her prayers were answered. Lewis felt, he told me that he felt extremely sad that he could not defend his country. Several months later, however, Lewis, very persistent, decided to go to another recruitment station with now his Romanian birth certificate, but this time slightly altered, that he now was born in 1920 instead of 1910. Now he was officially 22 years old. He was then accepted in the Army and reported a few days to Camp Fanning, which was located in Texas. He returned home to tell his wife. His mom said she cried and screamed as how he could do this to his, to her and her future family and with two restaurants, etc. And she said, well, it, God will take care of you. Things will be, be okay. He said that he must do what he can to help his country. So she hugged him and said that she would pray every day that he would not be sent to the battle lines. So Dadder entered the boot camp. Nothing for him, uh, noting that he was experienced twice before. Remember, he served in the Romanian army and the Greek army. So he's quickly placed in a sniper platoon, one of the, and he had the highest scores in marksmanship shooting. He said that he, uh, he was especially... Uh, uh, 
I, I, I hit with his fellow privates in his platoon as he had, had this unusual accent and it was ability his ability to curse in many different languages. He decided not to tell his superiors that he could read and he told me specifically he decided not to tell his superiors that he could read and write German, Japanese as they would probably move him elsewhere and out of this platoon uh, to, to serve in intelligence or whatever. But he decided he wanted to stay and with his uh, platoon because he liked the, liked the guys in the platoon. Meanwhile, back in Tyler, my mother said that she went to church every day to pray for a miracle. A week before Dad's platoon was being shipped to Europe to, to join the battle, he told his fellow platoon mates that he wanted to treat them to a fine dinner and drinks at a local restaurant. But it's too far to travel to Tyler to his own restaurant, so they decided to get a truck and to go to a local restaurant where the GIs ate one of their best meals ever and had lots of alcoholic beverages and all paid by my father, uh, their best ever friend. And Dad mentioned to me that the, all the guys were quite young, 18 or 19 years old they could not hold their liquor so they all got drunk quickly except for Lewis who could definitely Lewis my father who could handle his liquor so they began to have a little brawl with the locals at the bar and things were getting damaged so the restaurant owner did call the military police who came quickly and arrested all the GIs in the platoon and placed them in the in the in the truck and hauled them back to the base uh, to Camp Fanning and they were put in the brig and um, they had to sleep it off on that late Saturday night. Sunday morning arose, and uh, after a while, they were all told they're going to be on KP duty for seven days before they would be transferred out of the camp. Uh, so on Sunday afternoon, began cleaning duties, the pots and pans, but Dad decided to take over and ask the current cooks to leave. So he uh, he got them to uh, to leave. And they regularly agreed and started cooking, and he decided to start cooking fancy. In the next few days, the mess hall was considered one of the best for the regular privates. They could not determine what what the officers' meals were like, but the meals there were fantastic. So about noontime on Thursday, a general along with his officers arrived in mess halls and could not believe what the privates were eating. So they told, ask, who's in charge? And they said, Private Caligus is the cook in our mess hall now. And they said, who is he? So the general demanded that my father, Private Caligus, come out to see the general. The de- he looked my father Nad in, in the eyes and said, you need to come see me at 8 o'clock on Friday morning. So my dad quickly was so sad and he knew that something was going to happen. He was quite nervous. So at 7.50 a.m. he arrived the general's office. He was escorted to the general, and the general uh, said, I have changed your orders. And then my dad when my dad wrote the note, he says he did not want his orders changed. He pleaded with him. And he said, was it punishment? Am I going to go to prison? Nope. I've changed your orders, and you will now become my private chef. So the general laughed at my dad and said, nope, you're not going to serve any prison time, but you will continue to be my uh, chief cook for me and my officers dad was shocked again and realized that his wife's prayers were answered again he never served in the pacific or european fronts but rather stayed in america with his general at various locations in the united states until 1944 when the general gave him an honorable discharge so again miracles do happen i would not have known this story unless my father had told me that about 44 years ago but it's a remarkable story of how miracles can happen 
thank you for listening today. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by Avers, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Hope that you'll join us next Saturday for another show that could benefit you or your loved ones. We ask that you do support our advertisers who do make our radio show possible as well as our magazine. Don't forget to pick up your best of times magazine at one of our 522 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. Best wishes for Happy New Year. I'm Gary Kaligas wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to the best of times on 710 Keel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is News Radio 710 Keel. K-E-E-L. Shreveport Bozier.